Welcome to IP Frequently. IP Frequently is brought to you by Dominion Harbor Enterprises and is sponsored by IPedia. IPedia, innovation clarity that provides real, actionable patent intelligence. Join our hosts, David Pridham and Brad Sheaf, advancing the issues of intellectual property. Hello and welcome to another episode of IP Frequently. I am joined, as I usually am, by my close friend, business partner, and general bon vivant, Mr. David Pridham. Why, thanks, Brad, and it's good to be back here in uh, Wakefield, Rhode Island, at the Clam Fest. Um, we've been doing a What's tour- better than a clam? I mean, let's just start there. Well, it depends. You're just talking about a raw clam, like a Little Neck? Cherry Stone? What are you talking about here? And yep. we're learning about all this here this week. We're here for the entire weekend. Uh, we, we've been sort of making a tour of some of the festivals around the country. Um, we just left the great state of Maine a couple of weeks ago. We've been down here in Wakefield learning about all things clam. Uh, everything from Clams Casino to Clam Fritters. Occasionally clam, telling someone to clam up. Clam up. Uh, the, uh, the, the, the exciting uh, Linguinian clam sauce has been, has been one of our favorites. Clams clam with facial cakes. hair. Yeah, that's a different type of clam. We're not, that's not, a different podcast. They're not Once celebra- again, we've wandered are, into a different podcast, they my are, friend. They are not celebrating that here in Wakefield, and we want to thank uh, the folks from uh, Jake's uh, Pontiac for uh, inviting us here and giving us the, the wheels for this uh, exciting week we've spent here. Great uh, cars. Yeah, and later on we're going to be judging the clam pie contest, so we're excited about that. Uh, and all around having a great time. Great time. We've seen some blue ribbon clams, and uh, we're excited. I mean, for those of you that, that uh, joined us for our last podcast, as you know, we spent some time discussing uh, the merits of and the necessity of assigning one's patent rights over to a native American tribe just to avoid the PTAB, and and we're excited to be able to reveal at this point uh, that we are in the final steps of negotiating, turning over the IP rights to this very podcast to a Native American tribe. We're we're proud of that. We're excited by it, and we look forward to, in the future, doing a podcast uh, from the sovereign nation uh, with which we are currently negotiating, Mm -hmm. and uh, then... Everyone who doesn't like this podcast is seeking to have it stricken from the airwaves can well and truly suck, suck it, it at that point, my Jinx, friend. Jinx, owe me a Coke. <laughs> I just <laughs> might. I just might. So, done, uh, and, I'll, and I'll say for the record, I've, um, I, I usually head up to the uh, Foxwoods Casino uh, in the Northeast or the Chickawa Casino down in Oklahoma. Where you are known as a player, I might add. Well, I don't, I don't gamble, but I do like to go to the shows. I've been one... Uh, who always admits uh, what I like and what I like are the big the big pageantry, the shows, the productions, uh, everything from Cher. Uh, who, who doesn't like Cher, right? What a, what no one a, I know. What a great, what a great uh, songstress. Bette Midler, Miss Bette Midler. Sir Elton John, I like to go see him. Uh, Patti LaBelle is great. I mean, just, just last week I went to see Bill Cosby uh, in concert. He was fantastic, as always. Um, so you you get a you get a, uh, a great mix of folks out at the Indian Casino, folks that you typically wouldn't see um, uh, outside of a federal courthouse. Well, and, and certainly in the cases of Mr. Cosby, that right. that is correct. Although I do believe he's also, for the record, and to clear it up, being charged in state court as well. So there are so different. There, it you know, is possible that right to see him in more than one venue. Yeah, good yeah. point. Good point. Speaking of which, which how about your boy Anthony Weiner? Twenty-one months. The most appropriately named man in America. Yeah. 
Yeah. That's a shame. That is a shame. It's a shame to think that he won't be able to lead his congressional district with the with with just the integrity and the authority given by that integrity uh, for at least 21 months until he can come back to the uh, the folks there in New York that elected just a gentleman and a scholar mm-hmm. and see about perhaps putting him uh, back into our house. He would be so. a good judge of the PTAB, but that, we're not going to talk about that today. Oh, thankfully. I promise we weren't going to talk about it. Thankfully. Today. But you're right. And we only have so much time because, again, we're judging that clam pie contest in a few minutes, so... Should we just jump right in? Let's jump right in. Let me tell you. Let me tell you a portfolio that's not at this point scheduled to go to a Native American tribe, and that, my friend, is the iconic digital imaging portfolio, portfolio uh, that arose from the R and D and digital imaging leadership from the folks at Kodak. Yeah, and and and, and when folks look at the Kodak portfolio, they always say. Um, you know, iconic in and of itself. It, it covers a panoply of digital technologies, everything from uh, cameras on smartphones, standalone cameras to, to medical imaging, industrial applications, um, video applications. So it, it's, a, it's a fantastic portfolio. We've had the pleasure of working with it now for six months and uh, have been able to do a few um, uh, deals and, and have more deals on the horizon. But even with a portfolio like the Kodak portfolio, there are everyday pitfalls and pratfalls uh, that are uh, involved in the licensing of that portfolio that we wanted to talk about here today and sort of give you a practical guide uh, to uh, some of the issues that are happening right now. It's sort of a survey of the licensing landscape right now. And as some people would say, we'd like to put a biscuit in a basket. Let's do it. Let's start with the basket. Let's find ourselves a biscuit. Let's put on our adventuring hats, as it were, and go survey the topography and geography of the current patent licensing landscape. You almost broke my ankles there the way you swerved on your skates, but I'll... uh, I'll, uh, I'll just jump right in. So we've been, as, as, as most of you all know, and, and, and a lot of the folks here in the studio audience have come up to us with Kodak devices for Brad to sign um, with the Sharpie. Um, Correct. So, but, but for the folks who are, who are out there either in the live, uh, live periscope or telescope or... Uh, Proctoscope, Indias, whatever yeah, scope you got. Indiascope. Yeah. For all those folks, uh, one of our funds has taken on ownership of the Kodak portfolio, lock, stock, and barrel, uh, over the past uh, year. And we've been in the process of taking it to market and licensing it. Um, We haven't done any uh, litigation today. We've just sort of approached folks. A lot of folks who've already paid considerable amounts to license the portfolio over a term, a period of time. And in most of those cases, we've had folks renew or in the process of renewing. Uh, and it's a pretty straightforward conversation, right? You've paid for this portfolio before. You've looked at it. You've decided to pay tens of millions of dollars, in some cases, $100 million plus. Uh, we're offering the same portfolio on a renewal term, um, and uh, it, it's usually a pretty quick discussion, right, because you don't have to go through the hoops of, uh, is the portfolio valid? Is it infringed? Uh, all that stuff, because it's the Kodak portfolio. It's 4,000 assets. It's been licensed for in, in, in the tune of a billion plus, two billion plus dollars. So it's a validated portfolio. Um, but we are still getting resistance, believe it or not, from some corners of uh, the universe. Well, the multiverse, depending on how you, you look will. at it from a national physical perspective, I believe just 
there to be this universe. And that's one of the reasons we've been doing this study, um, because it's it's sort of if we're having issues licensing certain parties, you can only imagine what individuals with small portfolios that aren't vetted, that haven't been licensed to the tune of two point eight billion dollars, don't have the resources that we have, don't have the resources, don't have the wherewithal, and don't have the uh, bully pulpit that is IP frequently. Correct. Yeah. Um, would be the headwinds they would they would receive. So we wanted to talk about that here today, um, and we thought it'd be fun maybe at the end of this to bring some of the folks who've come down to the Clam Fest and, and let them ask some questions. So we're going to do that as well. Um, and uh, I'm just looking over here, uh, and they're they're erecting the greased pole for the uh, greased pole climbing contest, which uh, I am proud to say uh, my colleague Brad has won two years in a row. Uh, a little right. disturbing to watch an ex-Navy man strip down to his skivvies and climb up a 12-foot grease pole, but uh, he'll do it's it again this watch. year. There's a $20 bill it. at the top of that pole, my friend. I'll a $20 bill. You watch. That's U.S. Grant to you and me. That's correct. Anywho. At least um, for now, I'll be replaced by someone more politically correct, I'm sure. Yeah. yeah. So um, in, 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 one of the things we talk about is this concept of licensing... Um, without having to litigate, right? And licensing, because of all the transactional costs that are associated with litigation, um, it's becoming more and more difficult to do. And luckily, with the Kodak portfolio, in a lot of cases, we don't have to litigate. I presume we are going to have to litigate at some point with some parties because they just want to free ride on the technology of companies like Kodak, and they don't want to pay for technology that they're using. Well, or that they've, you know, ironically, have already paid for them. What does that tell you about the changed landscape? That just over a matter of a few short years, you go from paying a nine-figure licensing deal and then turn around and look at that same portfolio, which, by the way, has not stood pat. I mean, that, that portfolio has continued to advance over those years. We've continued to advance it under our own ownership. Prosecution continues. New patents are issued uh, almost every week in, in one jurisdiction or another. And yet, for some reason... Companies that had done nine-figure deals are now, you know, hesitant to turn around and, and do similar deals, even with an understanding that the portfolio, the, the life left on the portfolio is, is not as long as it was. And, you know, you got to ask yourself, well, okay, what's changed? Certainly not the portfolio. The port, to the extent the portfolio has changed, it's gotten better. Yeah. So what is it that has changed that makes these companies believe that they now, you know, maybe don't have to pay? I that? actually had a conversation with a company that paid, uh, in the case of Kodak, $100 million plus for the portfolio uh, to license it for a period of 10 years. And one of the things they said is that, well, their uh, net profit in their camera business their net annual profit was down to something like 10 or $11 million net annual profit. And I said, well, what was the net annual profit in the camera business when you did the license the first time where you paid a hundred million plus and they hesitated. And then I said, well, we actually know because we were able to pull this and it's four and a half million dollars. So it, 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 it really is the, it's a different environment. And part of it is, yeah, I hate to say that the, the words, the PTAB, but it's part of it's the PTAB part of it's the fact that, Patents as an asset class are more difficult to um, enforce and don't necessarily reflect an actual deed of property that they that they used to represent, um, and so that makes it a little more a little more challenging. But in terms of companies that want to do it the the right way and want to go to 
larger companies that are actually using their technology and their patents and, and get an appropriate license, most of these companies won't even have that discussion, right? I mean, you go to Amazon and try to license a patent. I mean, it's like it's like you know the the the, the black hole. I mean, you're not gonna you're not gonna the feedback no. you're gonna get is gonna be sarcastic. And it's 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 going to be basically no, but they'll 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 run you through the 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 the, the, the process, but they're they're not going to they're not going to engage in, in real discussions. And the same with most of these large tech companies that don't innovate and, and just piggyback on what other folks have have done and, and just try to take their their inventions. But then, when you do have to go and get into litigation with these people, their first uh, you know, home base sort of with them if they are. are worth their salt is to go to the PTAB and serially file dozens and dozens of, uh, uh, of, of IPRs um, to try to, uh, to, to try to, we're going to take, ma'am, we're going to take questions in a little bit. I'm in the middle of a, a very important thought to try to invalidate those patents and to try to bankrupt the patent owner. And that's what, you know, that's what these companies do. So we are gone, for, gone from the discussion is how valuable is the patent? Gone from the discussion is what do we do to practice the patent? Gone from the discussion is um, are there any issues with how it was prosecuted as to validity? The discussion now is well, you know, we're a billion dollar company that ships toilet paper all over the fucking earth, um, and uh, we'll just bankrupt you. Right. Well, and then uh, there's. To be fair, though, they also have other paper goods that they ship all over the earth, potentially with drones at some point. I, I saw that. Yeah. By the way, Kodak's portfolio is probably one of the most robust drone portfolios. Very forward-looking in that planet. aspect. Yeah, on no, the planet. If it even exists on the planet, it's sort of hovering around the Earth. Yeah. I believe it's part of the ecosystem at least. But it's ironic that you know one of the, one of the benefits that was touted for the patent review regime was that it was going to be a less costly alternative to litigation. And... Unfortunately, it has turned out to be less costly than litigation, certainly for purposes of ruining small companies and their intellectual property by being able to, despite the fact that the law was drafted with the intent to prevent this, being allowed to file serial petitions uh, with th th that have no more merit. Th th every petition that follows, in fact, has less merit than the petition in front of it, um, but it serves to ramp up costs for those who are simply trying to see um, their research and development, their innovation, to see a reward for that, and it pushes them right out of the market. And at some point in time, and I think that point in time is, is to a certain extent here and will only continue to grow, we're going to see the damaging effects of that in our economy. Yeah. I mean, you're already seeing it to, to a large extent in terms of money being pulled out of some of the early stage markets and more of a focus being made on Europe and, and, and Asia. You're already seeing that. And you're seeing sort of the general malaise in the innovation economy. Well, and, and it's certainly not that Europe and Asia are any more innovative. I mean, that, that's never been the case. But the ability to protect innovation and to see innovation monetized is ironically so much higher now in Europe and Asia. That's where the money's going. I mean, in, in, in many facets of life, just by the very nature of what money is, that's why they call it money, David. Follow the money. If you follow the money, yeah. you'll find a reason for why things are going the way they are. They, I always say that every time I watch the Wheel of Fortune. Follow the money. Follow the money. Correct. And the vowels. No, you have to buy the vowels. You don't follow With the them. money, though. Oh, of course. You okay. follow the money. Right. I mean, the money 
okay, so you're right. The vowels follow the money in right. a sense, right? Because you're not buying a vowel if you don't have the money. If you don't have the money, you ain't buy, you're buying nothing. No, you're just you gonna have to the take car. your seat. You ain't and getting like the it. vacation to Vegas. You ain't getting nothing. You ain't getting that Chevy Mal, that fine Chevy Malibu. Nope. You ain't getting nothing. Nope. You ain't getting a clam damn pie. Nope. Well, we're, which we'll be happy. We will be judging later. And 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 I will say, hold on to that hot sauce, sweetie, because I'm coming to judge that clam contest. Indeed. As is Colonel Sheaf. I'll be there. I got to tackle this pole first, and, and he, then I'll be there. And he did box to the Navy, for all of those wondering. And I'll be taking all comers. But first, the pole. Yeah. Yeah. And we will be that. That will be something. Let me just tell it's you. It's not just strength, David. It's technique. It's it's a feat of strength. You you haven't lived until you've seen a longshoreman shimmy up at Grease Pole, after a twenty dollar bill. Correct. Yeah. A twenty dollar bill ain't coming down here, my friend. That'll buy you four clam pies here at the Work for Clam. Fest. And a beer. Let's not forget that. Yeah. We, okay. We buy you All three right. and a beer. Yeah. Four and a beer. Well, okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll take either. Yeah. There are coupon values. Going on. Oh, I, we know someone who is likely to be here then. Oh yeah, we sure. If there's do. a group on, if there's a group on, he's here. We've got a buddy who's here. He's here. He's here. he's out there somewhere. Unfortunately, they have asked us to make an announcement about uh, the kitty park. They have shut down all of the rides because of mechanical failure on the little caboose. Um, I'm not sure what's going on there, but until then, there's a lot to do Didn't over you have the midway. A girlfriend that was known as the little caboose. No, or the big caboose. Big, oh, big caboose. right, yeah, well, that's right. Yeah, yeah, back in high school, yeah. a.k.a. Big Red. <laughs> but that's a different... Yeah, this is a hell of a gal. Yeah. She's probably here, actually. I spent four months... I mean, that's the first time I broke my hip. Yeah. It's back then. Yeah. But go over to the Midway. Um, the, the hay rides are over in the back. Uh, feel free to, to, to wade into the kiddie pool and the flea market. Mm. The flea market is always there. I'll say my, my colleague here got some nice clothes uh, yep. over there earlier today. Which he'll probably be changing into after he shimmies up that pole. That's right. Do yourself a favor. Get to the flea market. You've got plenty of time now. The kitty park will be open again, I'm we sure. Hope. We hope. Uh, once the ambulance leaves. and They're uh, endeavoring to find out exactly what all went wrong over there. Which, But I would say until then, just stay clear of that. Stay clear of that. Area. Get yourself to the flea market. Make sure you join us for the clam pie judge-off. And uh, Somebody's going to get his hot sauce on is all I'm saying. Uh, amen. All I'm saying. Amen. And, uh, you know, once we've had our festivities here, we'll be, we'll be moving down the road as part of our uh, continued journey at the end of the summer as we wrap things up in this season. Uh, and, but we will not lose focus at any point in time on our licensing efforts for the iconic Kodak portfolio and our study thereof. Sorry, I wasn't listening. I was watching the Grease Pole be erected. What was that? Well, I was just talking about the iconic Kodak portfolio. Uh, it's almost like I lost focus there. Um, oh. Almost. Oh, I, like, I Almost. see what you did there. I see what you did. Yeah. So anyway, back back to the co- iconic Kodak portfolio, even though it's hard not to focus on that uh, that uh, uh, pie-eating stand that's being set up over there. And, and, and reinforced. And reinforced, yes. Yeah, that's <laughs> uh, a good time. It's a good time, my friend. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I, I, guess, I guess the lesson to folks that are out there licensing is to hang in there. Um, there is a market for good portfolios. Uh, there is a way to take portfolios to market with some folks, some companies. There are a lot of responsible companies out there that when you take them patents and you show them uh, why they need to take a license, uh, that, that many of them will, and many of them will pay um, uh, an appropriate amount, a mutually acceptable amount for that. Uh, as I said, there are others that just will never pay, and those are the folks that you have to have to sort of 
basically get them to license different ways through the courts or, or what have you. Um, but I, I think the one the one lesson I would have on the positive side in terms of how you can go out and affirmatively license is information is key. Uh, when we license our portfolios, in particular Kodak, we provide extensive data rooms with everything from dozens and dozens of claim charts to uh, patents, file histories, economic analysis, decks showing different market uh, applicability so that you're giving reams of information um, to allow folks to make a decision. And that's not just unique to Kodak. Really, all of our licensing efforts these days involve extensive data rooms. And whereas you know, 5, 10, 15 years ago, and even in some cases today, a lot of folks tell you to be cryptic about what it is you're licensing. Yeah, we don't believe in idea. that. We believe in transparency and, 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 and putting your cards on the table. And look, does it work 100% of the time? No. But when it doesn't work, you can at least say, "Look, we tried. Mm-hmm. Uh, we provided all this information to folks, and, and you know, if they don't want to, they don't want to listen. They don't want to listen. If they don't want to engage, they don't want to engage. There's nothing you can do to, to make them do it, other than take those first steps and, and at least try. But more often than not, you're going to get traction. We've been getting some good. We've been getting some good traction. And in some cases, you have to you have to go to, to court to enforce uh, your patent rights. So that's something that we'll 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 do. And I think I, I think that's the key point that you made there is that you know it's a business proposition. That's what it's intended to be. It's unfortunate when litigation is required, and and oftentimes litigation is required because you know the 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 reasonableness of a business transaction is not enough to tip the scales anymore. And you know we've talked about that. We've talked about the reasons why that is. But I think being in a position to present why your portfolio is valuable, trying to overlook. The uh, cynical approach that licensees will oftentimes take, a sarcastic, you know, kind of in-your-face approach and simply say, that's fine, you can be that way if you want, but here's the information you need to make a decision. We've done the homework for you. We've presented it for you. We're happy to have a discussion around it. Not only puts you in a better position at the end of the day to be able to take a license, but if it comes down to litigation, you're able to draft a complaint that simply says, hey, the homework's been done, the, the business proposition was presented, and it robs uh, the efficient infringer of the you know continued narrative of oh well all that ever happens is we just get sued uh, that's simply not true you had the opportunity to make a business decision you chose not to that is a business decision and now we're where we are where we are yeah I I could not I could not uh, could not agree more I think I think giving the information and then that becomes if you have to sue someone to enforce your patent rights that becomes the entire story so with Kodak you've got folks who've agreed to um, you have two and a half, three percent royalty rates. Who paid hundreds of millions of dollars? Who you approach? You give them a data room with reams of information, uh, and 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 if they don't want to sign up, then um, you know they don't want to sign up, and we just move on. But we make it known that these are the set of facts, right? No, no one is going to say that anyone was submarined or surprised, or uh, anything was concealed or held back. And in fact, we make all the data room publicly known. Uh, we make the prior deal points publicly known so that folks know not only have these the, these guys licensed before at significant rates, but they've been provided with tons of information from us, uh, in, 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 and that information is not going away. Uh, that information is not going to be covered up or concealed. It's been a very transparent process, which is where we think the patent market needs to go, um, and uh, and we take it from there. Indeed we do. 
And now, my friend, I think uh, as intriguing as this conversation has been, we're going to have to turn our attention to more uh, pressing and immediate matters. Uh, it's been a long time since I've seen semaphore used in communication, but we're using it here, apparently. I can see a couple of hundred yards off there. The, uh, the clam pie judging stand has been erected. The, the signal is coming in. They're waving, they're waving us into the bullpen. And, and, and uh, coincidence, I think not. But they are they are slowly hoisting that twenty dollar bill up to the top of the greased pole. There it goes, and that it's looks as, like an eighteen footer. That doesn't look like a twelve. It's as good as mine. No, don't give that away. I knew that going in. Yeah. Now, okay, now everybody knows it. Completely changes the technique. That last two feet completely changes the technique for getting to the twenty dollar bill. Yeah, that's correct. And now you've stiffened my competition, <laughs> as it were. So. I'm off to do that. I'll be having that $20. I'll be splitting it evenly with my partner here as we get a couple of pies and a couple of beers and, and make our uh, critical judgments as to what makes a good clam pie. Crust is important. Sauce is important. But, of course, how you've prepared the clams is most important. Some of those are fried pies, some baked, some just some broiled. don't even look like they're cooked. No, that, those I'm going to stay away from myself. We call that a cohog. Here. Yeah. And, in Wakefield. and we also do want to say to the folks um, who are down at the Blue Crab Fest down on the Maryland shore, we'll be seeing you next week. We're there, and there, we're, we're, we're very excited about it, the great state of Maryland. And that is where we will see you from on our next episode of IP Frequently.